Welcome to the Legal One podcast brought to you by Legal One, the leader in school law training. Legal One is part of the NJPSA and FEA family, so we're thrilled to be offering this podcast to you as a way to help you gain a greater understanding of critical legal issues. We want to provide you with convenient, easy access to essential information. Each episode is approximately 30 minutes or less, so it provides a timely way for you to get important information. In each episode, we're going to be reviewing crucial legal principles based on case law, statute, regulation, or other key guidance. We'll talk about why that issue matters today and how the law has evolved. We'll talk about key steps in working with parents and other important stakeholders to positively address the issues in question and know how to get a greater level of understanding of those issues. So let's get started, and thank you so much for joining us for the Legal One podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Legal One podcast. My name is John Worthington. I'm an education law specialist at Legal One and New Jersey Principals and Supervisors Association. And with me today is Gita Vogel. And by way of quick background, I worked for the state of New Jersey for 30 years. I'm an attorney. So I worked primarily in special education. I represented the Department of Education, worked in the Office of Special Education Programs in the legal and policy area, retired as the state special ed director. So special ed is you know, my primary education law background. And with Gita, she has been an educator for many years at Legal one and NJPSA. She's a mentor, an L2L participant. She works with us at Legal One. She's been a principal, an administrator, but I think, you know, Gita will confirm her, her most favorite position she's had is special ed director in districts. And so, hello, Gita. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, John. Thank you for that great introduction. And you are absolutely right. Special ed is my heart and soul. I thought so. Thank you, Gita. And so today we're going to be talking about teacher shortages and staff shortages in general, but we're going to be focusing, as I said, special ed is our, our primary area of focus. We're going to focus on the impact on students with disabilities when we're looking at this area. I think it's been an issue when you're looking at staff shortages. And again, we're not just talking teachers. We have shortages of bus drivers, paraprofessionals, you know, general ed, special ed teachers in various areas. It's something that has been happening for several years, may have been exacerbated a little bit by the pandemic, but it's been an issue for quite some time, and it keeps continuing to become a bigger and bigger issue. We have a lot of retirements occurring in New Jersey, staff leaving for other positions, and our teacher prep programs and preparing other staff just don't have the enrollment they had in the past, so we don't have the people coming into the system that we used to have to fill positions as they became vacant. And so, you know, we're looking at the issue as far as what can we do in this area, focusing on special ed. A couple pieces of background. When you're looking at special education, unlike general education teacher certifications, there's a few extra requirements. It's a little bit more complicated. You're teaching our students with disabilities. The licensing requirements are a little bit different. And so we have, when you're talking teachers, two primary licenses, the teacher of the handicap which was issued before 2006. And basically with that certification, you could teach in any special ed setting, K to 12, as long as you have appropriate knowledge or expertise as determined by the entity that's employing you. For a teacher of students with disabilities or TOSD, you have to have the special ed cert, but then you have to have an underlying certification in general ed area. It could be elementary ed, it could be a math cert, a science certification, um, 
CLA, variety of certifications, but in order to work as a special ed teacher, whether it's an elementary setting, secondary, resource room, special classes, you have to have the appropriate underlying certification to do that. With one small exception, if you have a class of students all taking the alternate assessment, then certainly those teachers can be in that setting without having the underlying content area certification at the secondary level. So that creates an issue for us when you're talking staff shortages in special ed area, because a lot of the special ed teachers that get a TOSD will get an underlying elementary certification. And so it creates bigger problems at the secondary level for the school districts to fill those positions. And you know, that's just basically by way of example showing that in special ed, unlike general ed, the staff shortages are a little bit more difficult to fill because of the extra certification requirements. And there's also additional requirements if you want to be a teacher of the staff or blind, they have specific requirements for, to become certified that are even more specialized than the other areas. So you know, all of this creates more difficulties, our related service providers, you know, OT, PT, speech, whatever the area might be. There's all particular licensing requirements to get those positions, all culminating in staff shortages are a little bit more exacerbated when you're talking about our special ed students and running the special ed classes or the resource rooms for those students. Right now, the governor has created a task force to look into this issue. And so we're not saying today we have solutions. We just think it's an important issue for people to start thinking about. The governor has a task force. They're trying to address the issue from the how do you obtain how do you staff? How do you retain staff? How do you encourage people to go into teacher prep programs and the like? But I think it's important that everyone be thinking about these areas. How are you going to address the issue? What is short-term solutions for how do we staff our districts today? But more long-term, how do we encourage more people to go into the profession? to fill our teaching positions, administrative positions, related services, whatever it might be. And so thinking of it both ways, it's an important discussion to think about, you know, who knows who might have a great idea for a solution, whether it's with regard to licensing, making the job more attractive to your candidates so that they go into teacher prep programs. And so, you know, looking at that, we just want to bring the issue out there, have people think about it. And so Gita, question for you, you know, what do you see as the impact on our students with disabilities of the low numbers of teachers and providers and thoughts on you know, addressing that now and going forward. There's so much to be said in this area, John. One of the concerns I have is that there are growing needs in the special ed population, or let me say in the general ed population in distinguishing those kids who require special educational intervention. And without the specialized preparation, the concern I have is that their needs aren't going to be met. If you don't meet their needs, elementary, middle school, or high school, then they're not prepared for life. It's our job as educators to prepare each and every child and to teach those who are going to be in the classrooms once again to make sure our students are fulfilled. It's a challenge. I believe some of the answers lie in, I'm gonna be very bold here, John, our industry needs a makeover. We really need to polish up who we are. We like what we do. We loved what we did. 
we wouldn't be doing this now if we didn't have affection for what we did to begin with. So by way of these podcasts, we're talking to school officials, say, have you looked in the mirror? You looked at what you do and how do you present yourself? How do you present your program? How do you encourage others? You can't wait for that school doorbell to ring, so to speak, and it's a higher education individual at the door. Hi, I have a candidate who's interested in special education. You need to be the aggressor, go out, sell the program, sell your school, sell what special education is. By that, I mean, believe in it. I know we'll get to other matters later, like uh, impact, John, but I'm saying that along with retention, and let me not underestimate the need to invest your energies in retention, but think about how you describe special education and the kids within the program. I can tell you, and I'm sure, John, you will agree, working in any aspect of special education. Yes, it's challenging, but the rewards far, far outweigh the challenges. Thank you, Gita. Yes, and a couple things you said that's important. I think your point about anecdotally, at least, and talking to people like you, I think with a passion for special education, teaching these kids, working with them is more satisfying, I think, for educators, but at the same time, probably a little bit more difficult. You're working with a more challenging population. And so when we're looking at this population and we're thinking, okay, how do you attract and retain staff here? I mean, certainly one thing is salaries, um, you know, making salaries more competitive can certainly attract staff. But when you're talking job satisfaction, you know, you have newly hired teachers, they're coming in, they're going to work work in a special education setting. What are your thoughts on that? You know, they should certainly be working with case managers and the like, discussing students' needs. You know, they have to have time to prepare and the like. You know, these are like the legal requirements. They have to be aware of the IEP. They have to understand what's required. The case manager should be conveying this to them, showing them the IEP, what it is they need to do. But when you're looking at that, what kind of supports and all would you suggest districts utilize so that staff feel appreciated and feel like they're being brought in, they understand what they need to do, supported in what they do, and want to keep doing what they do. And so what are your thoughts on that, Gita? As you were speaking, John, I was writing down those exact comments. Recognize people for their efforts and by all means, support. You can criticize or you can talk to people about what would they do differently if they had a chance. Get them invested in the process. Ask them, what do you think was good about this? What do you think you could do over? Without it sounding like you're slamming them, but you want them to grow with the process. Let's go back to day one, September of whatever year. Even prior to that, you need to familiarize staff with the IEP process, okay? What do I mean by that? Certainly they understand what an IEP is, but the fact that we're gonna emphasize individualized in IEP, they need to take the time and study that IEP as related to that child in their classroom. What is the potential 
for learning as you see it in the IEP? And what else do you need to know? Look at your support systems around you. Get counselors involved. Students with IEPs are entitled to everything general education kids have. General ed kids have counselors. Special education kids have counselors. But you need to invest them from the very beginning. While I'm on the topic of investing others, make sure that you communicate with the parents. Now, I said September 1st, and then I went back and said, this should all be achieved before September 1st. So plan for it. Don't let teachers feel that planning for the time that they need to study the IEPs and work with the kids is an afterthought. You want it to be the before thought. You want them involved. You want them to meet other staff. You want them to feel good about what they do. And theirs is a very special, special mission. And you need to keep reinforcing that. As administrators, I'm sure you all know the importance of recognizing anyone and everyone in a school district because they're so vital to the kids and to our future. Take the extra time with special education teachers because theirs is an educational process with potential litigation attached to it. Certainly in the media, we know about New Jersey and its history. Let's not look at that. Let's look at the potential for getting to know the student better because you've taken time to prepare. I believe it's the essence of investment in this process. I think it will also act to retain teachers. They'll feel better about what they do. Uh, that's an important part of everything that's in schools today, our mental health, for social emotional growth, and for actualizing each and every person who walks through that door in that school. So Gita, I'm listening to your answer, talking about general education, that students with disabilities are entitled to everything that general ed students get. That made me think certainly our general education teachers too, they need the same types of supports that our special education teachers receive because they have our special ed students in their classrooms just as much as special ed does. And so what are your thoughts on that, Gita? I believe general ed teachers deserve, have earned, exactly what you said, John, the same kinds of supports and recognitions, because most of our special ed kids are in general education settings. How can this be achieved? A collegial approach. Teachers supporting teachers. What better way? Do you know one of the sources of special education certification after someone has become a teacher is from the general education setting, is from the exposure they have had to special education kids, knowing the difference that they have made. And they say, gen ed teachers, we need more. I want more. Now, it's not that throngs are leaving special education communities, but they want to be an even more critical influence. This tells me they feel good about what they're doing in general education, 
knowing that the bottom line is support for both general education, special education, any education. And one other point I wanted to address before we finish up, you know, when you're talking about our students with disabilities in whatever setting that might be, there's a lot of issues that come up during the school year for involving any students, um, HIV issues, child abuse, suicidal ideation, which I know is an area that's very important to you, disciplinary matters and the like. Can you talk a little bit, you know, how do we support our teachers in working with our students? Yes, they might have unique issues with their disability, but then you can add on other issues such as these that can make supporting them even more difficult. So could you talk a little bit about preparing and supporting our teachers, special ed, especially but general ed too, in addressing these issues while working with our students and making them feel more prepared to address these issues when they come up with their students. Very important that teachers understand the law, the laws that govern the instruction in the classroom, the laws that govern the curriculum, the laws that govern interaction with parents. But let's move away from that. As administrators, take the time to ask teachers, what do you need? Are you comfortable with that approach? How does it address the needs of the students in your classroom? Do data. We get a lot from looking at comparative using one approach versus another approach. It's extremely important to keep teachers abreast of the changes in the industry. Many, many, many workshops every day. You know that, John, from Legal One. We do so much to not only prepare teachers, but to keep teachers informed. It's important and imperative that teachers be kept informed and make professional development something teachers want to do. Make it attractive. PD, as we refer to it in abbreviation, is everything to a teacher. Make them want more. The more they want, the more they learn, the more they share, and the better they teach. So encourage it. That's extremely vital to the process of retention as well. Thank you, Gita. And I think your point on the law, it's an excellent point to keep in mind. I think the more comfortable you are understanding your obligations, what you can and cannot do, the easier it will be to complete your job. And so before we complete today's uh, podcast, is there anything else that you want to add, something that I didn't ask you about before I, I sum up our podcast for today? Any other thoughts you want to share with our listeners, Gita? I want to say to administrators, believe in what you're doing and believe in the teachers who are doing it. I can honestly say that one of the best experiences I've ever had is walking into a school when you see the walls smile. Think about that. It means there are happy teachers, happy kids. That isn't to say there aren't challenges, but don't look as challenges as potential defeats. Look at them as what the word means. It's encouraging you to be a better vision of yourself when faced with that one child who needs that extra kind of help. That Not that you haven't figured it out. It's a work in progress. You are figuring it out. So much to be said 
for our industry, John. It's been a pleasure working with you today. And I'm sure I'm going to think of a thousand things that I wanted to say because that's what the industry does. It encourages you to think, to do more, and who better to benefit from that in our case than special education kids. Thank you, Gideon. It's been a pleasure working with you on this today as well. And so, you know, again, just to summarize, remind everyone, you know, this is an ongoing issue. It's been ongoing for several years now. Something to think about. We have a governor's task force. They'll be issuing recommendations. There will probably be opportunities for input from the public going forward. These are issues you should be thinking about. How can you support your staff, attract staff, retain staff? Think about all that when you're looking at this or any of the legal issues. Issues, you know, do keep in mind we're doing short podcasts, sort of putting the issues out there. As Gita noted, we have a lot of content at Legal One, uh, njpsa.org slash Legal One NJ. You know, go to our content library, take a look at that. We have in district trainings, trainings in our facility, virtual, hybrid, a variety of ways of doing it, self paced courses. So take a look at the materials we have. Think about the issues we discussed today. And once again, our website is www njpsa.org slash legal1nj. Thank you again for joining us. Be well. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like more information on the topics we covered, a full list of episodes, or a preview of upcoming topics, please visit our website at www.njpsa.org slash legal1nj.